Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. And now in the wings where artists talk about their work and their journey towards performance. Tonight, writer Alejandro Nicholson and actors Donna Anita Nicolaisen and Charlie Bonner talk about working on Alejandro's play, Wine from Greenland. My name is Alejandro Nicholson and the name of the place Wine from Greenland. My name is Donna Anita Nicolaisen and I am reading the role of Rose. My name is Charlie Bonner. I play the part of Anton Nismol in the play Wine from Greenland by Alejandro Nicholson. I've always been very interested in the in what's freedom for us. And I think that's what I wanted to play with in this place. I really find really interesting how the things that we want or we appreciate sometimes take away our freedom. Like you have a great job, you have like a wife or even kids. That's great, but also you have less liberty to go six months traveling around South America. So that I always found that contraposition, that's, that push-pull very interesting. And I think that's kind of the game that inspired me to, to write the play. She just drops in and out when she's needed, basically. Uh, she takes their order and she, well, initially she tries to get them a table. And this continues to recur through the through, through the, the scenes as it progresses. So they're waiting outside patiently in this kind of waiting area. She goes in and says, your table's nearly ready, your table's nearly ready. She does give an opinion once, once or twice, but really she's just kind of ca- carrying on with her job. And I think she's used by the playwright to show kind of a normal life and the world that's happening around these two characters who are in this strange vortex and they go down this particular journey and she's just outside in the, in the real world so it's kind of like a foil Anton would be a very pompous uptight very insecure outspoken uh, devious creature but tremendous fun absolutely great crack the first two or three moments I was going interesting engaging and I was actually in a public place and I was being looked at after two minutes because I was laughing out loud at some of the wonderful dialogue and they're in a wicked sense of humour and a lovely little world of sheltered creatures who think that they want something more and something better and, you know, discover as they go along that don't ask for what you want because you might just bloody get it. Absurd theatre. I like uh, UNESCO, Beckett, of course. I like uh, Carrie Churchill. She's really good. Then I think I have a huge inspiration from magic and realism. Magic and realism is a Latin American movement was very important, like Cortázar, García Márquez. And they have this stuff that is uh, it's kind of naturalism, but it's always a magical or, or odd element there. And I love that. And I think definitely that's what I try to do in Wine from Greenland. It starts like a normal play. But there are things here and there that it's a bit like, oh, this is off, this is not completely right. And then it starts to degenerate to, to whatever is going. These are also two middle-aged men. They go for dinner together, definitely once a week, and they've been doing this for years, and they're very close friends, but the vanity between them, and, and there's a lovely competition between them. But this kind of like a midlife crisis kind of happening in front, and 
you know, there's these crazy ideas about shedding everything and shedding relationships and jobs and starting a new life. And, you know, it's like I would say, <laughs> you know, I don't have the money for a, a Ferrari now, so I just, I think a walking haul is as good as my life crisis is going to get me, to tell you the truth. I got into this business because I just loved the idea of expression and I was attracted to anything that had a creative element to it, whether it be visuals or music or vocally or theatrically. I used to love watching old films as a kid. I used to love to dance. So anything that had this artistic expression, it helped me make sense of, of the world, I guess. I used to live in Berlin. I lived 10 years in Berlin and I wrote Work in Progress. That was my first play for stage. Uh, this was originally a, a stage play. And then when I moved to Dublin a couple of years ago, I wrote a couple of um, The Visit and then a couple of Zoom plays during the pandemic. And regarding the structure, I usually have an idea of who the characters are, what I want to say, and more or less where I want to go. And my, my approach is usually sit down and I let the characters speak to themselves. And sometimes they take me to places I didn't see that coming, but it works. So it's, it's like, I love that, that, um, that game to, as you write the story, you discover the story. I wrote a play when I was 12 for the school's drama festival, which won. And it was called We Don't Need No Education because that was a song at the time. So, yes, it was a bit of kind of the Bash Street Kids meets Grange Hill kind of situation going on. You know, write what you know. And uh, we did that and it was a great response. And I always loved drama. I just loved storytelling and I was just a huge fan of that. And over the years, I had two wonderful English teachers in secondary school. One was called Sadie McBride and uh, the other teacher was Charlotte Brewer. And wonderful people as well as fantastic teachers and terribly inspirational and they just lit the spark and then of course they're, they're in the town in Ballybuffet where I'm from they have a great tradition of amateur drama. I started off my training as a teenager in Cork. I joined the, the Monfort School of Performing Arts and my mom would uh, drive me down on a Saturday and I would do my, my scenes and then I'd do my exams through Lambda and, and that was wonderful. And then I, I went to university and I did business and uh, in, in UCC. And I did a, a degree in business information systems and I came up to Dublin and I worked in IT for four or five years in Intel, Ireland, actually, as a systems analyst. And during college, whether I was shy, I don't know, um, but I, I hadn't really involved myself in theatre. There was a fast course there when I finished school and I thought I'd give myself the year to do that. And I'd work out whether it was I both wanted to do it and able to do it. And if not, then I would go back and get a proper job. But unfortunately, things just kept lined, all the ducks lined up. And the next minute, it was stunning in Trinity College in Dublin for two years. I am from Argentina, from the north of Argentina, a place called Tucumán. My wife is Irish. We met in Berlin and we decided to give it a try to Dublin. And we moved to Dublin three years ago. And I really like the city. I find people are very creative in Dublin, so it's very easy to meet people with whom you can do this kind of project. So yeah, I really loved it here. You know, the jump was, I worked in Intel for five years and I did some traveling abroad in America through Intel. And I remember at one point just feeling that even though I loved the, I enjoyed the job, 
I just felt a calling to to express myself in other ways. So I decided to answer the call. And I, what I did, I'd gone traveling um, around the world from Egypt to Nepal and then all around Asia. And I think when I came back, that gave me some sort of a courage that it's a it's a big world out there and go and get it, you know, go get what you want, follow your dreams. My first professional job, apart from Crimeline, <laughs> was in the Gate Theatre. London Insurance by Dion Boussico. And Mr. Stanford, Alan Stanford was in it. And there was loads of wonderful people. I was blessed to be surrounded by such senior, but incredibly generous and uh, positive, encouraging people. So then you go, ah, sure, I'll give this now five years. And so if we're going to keep going and we might. And then, as everything in life, Murphy's Law, as soon as you go, okay, I'm doing this now, then it slows up for a while. But sure, as I always say to anybody who bothers to listen to me, the hardest part of this job is, is um, not working. And it's looking after yourself, both mentally and physically. Because you're you're dropped into enemy territory so often. You just, you know, and you just don't know when it's going to come. And of course, there's the old adage too of, of um, like buses, no work for a month or three months. And then three jobs come at one time and you have to only get on one bus. I'm a structural engineer by day. This is kind of my after office hobby. Uh, here in Dublin, I'm part of a theatre group called No Drama. With, with them is usually where, where I look for when I try to I have ideas I want to put something on stage The first play was with the Dublin Shakespeare Company and I played Margaret in Much Do About Nothing and it was wonderful because I was in the in the, the, the theatre it was in the teachers club and I was just you know just sitting down there and the, the director just said just asked if anybody wanted to audition and I just put up my hand and I said, you know, why not? I think I think the vo- vocal training and all that had given me this confidence to get back up on stage and he gave me a chance. I went to Trinity College. I started in Trinity College in 1991. Oh, God. 1991 to 1993. It was a diploma course. Nigel Warrington was the head of the course at the time and Diana Theodores was the movement director there and Paul Mussolides was a voice coach. But Nigel was the acting coach and he was incredibly tough and terribly inspiring as well. And I was a 19-year-old, pompous 19-year-old young fellow. Well, you know, you're putting all that on as well too. Um, I needed the discipline. That was the wonderful thing. I mean, of course, the course itself was amazing. But to be coming as an easygoing Donegal man coming down to Dublin and, you know, sure, would be, everything would be grand. You know, it was a good kick in the behind for me. And it just gave me a sense of discipline and uh, focus. Being an actor is my focus, but music is like a kind of a therapy for me. I do love it. My album is called Lore. It's a collection of songs and the songs stretch from January to December. So this it's like it's almost like a song a month. Well, it is a song a month. <laughs> and uh, I'd recorded Lore and I released it. And then during COVID, I had my second baby. So I have... I have two kids, Flair and Nathaniel, and they're four and two, so I'm pretty busy these days. Um, so when when Nathaniel was born, just before the lockdown, there's another lockdown story. Here's mine. I'm wheeling it out. But, um, you know, he wants to born in lockdown and all that goes with that. Right. <laughs> so with the two kids, you know, I didn't I didn't play guitar much because I was just so busy. But I found that two or three or four or five ideas and concepts of songs came to me anyway. You know, for me, whether it's recorded or not, my need to reconcile emotionally with my environment or to make sense with the world comes through needing to harmonise 
things and create an order and an understanding through lyric. A Shakespearean director used to say years ago to me, the only thing that changes in life is fashion and technology. We're still the same people we were 200 years ago or 100 years ago or during Shakespeare's time, you know. We're still grappling with the same issues. We're still conflicted. You know, there'll be love and hate and jealous and envy and fear and joy. It's all still there. My first love, let's say, is short stories. Novel is something new I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. I've been writing short stories for quite a while. Also, I've been, I studied with Samantha Schweblin, that is an amazing Argentinian writer. And when I moved to Berlin, I started the theater. I did a bit of improv and I did a bit of collect creation. That means a big group of actors and each person writes a little thing and they put something together. The standard of acting, the standard of all production in this country is outstanding. We're, we're a nation of storytellers and we still are and we still have that gene within us. And I'm sitting at home with my mother and father, both in Rates, swapping stories all the time. It's just in us. You know, a part of my decision to embrace an artistic life, I guess, or a creative life, was to go with the river's flow. Often I find certain encounters very rewarding and also can open doors or routes to or paths that I hadn't seen before. And I have this belief that, and I'm not saying that I always believe this, because sometimes after I've done like 20 casting tapes and I've heard nothing back, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Okay, And that's me being honest. right? I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. Because it, it's not that it's a personal rejection, but it's, you know, it's a hard business and you got to be persistent and you got to keep at it. But there's always this idea that the next one you're sent for could be the one that opens the door to where you want to go. And ultimately, if you want to develop your craft, you want to be the artist you think you can be, you have to pursue that because no one else is going to do it. So I tried to have a Zen attitude towards if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's how I try to live my life. But I do feel that with focus and perseverance and uh, just the pure joy of it, I do keep at it. My husband really supports me as well because he's there filming the casting tapes for me. You know, he's doing, he, you know, he really is supportive. And I find that I get roles and it leads to another role and it leads to another role. And it's all about experience and it's all about meeting people and also learning about who I am as an actor. Because you're always going to be learning. I'm trying to understand that I'll always be a student, but that I'm also here and I'm also ready and I have my voice. And it's about understanding who you are and what you can bring. And then just 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 see what happens, you know. Competition's massive, and we were told while we were in while we were in there, Gabriel Byrne came in to chat with us one day, and Joe Dowling was in with us one day as well. You know, brilliant people talking with, you know, with incredible experience, and talking about at that stage in ninety one, ninety two, for every actor that's working, twenty five weren't, and that's all right to hear that when you're nineteen, because you're able to go well. I've got my whole life ahead of me to try and make sure that. Like, I wouldn't want to be starting that now. <laughs> I don't know many are coming out now. And because budgets are cut and because there's less productions, there's less theatre companies as well. I mean, everyone's feeling it. RT's feeling the sting. Everyone's feeling, you know, the ripples of COVID are still going to be felt for a long time. It's a blessing to give work now. Which, what does it say? Actors don't ever complain twice in their lives when they're working and when they're not working.
And there you heard the voices of writer Alejandro Nicholson and actors Donna Anita Nicolaisen and Charlie Bonner talking about working on Alejandro's play, Wine from Greenland. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.